From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and I'm the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. During these winter months, we're casting our interview net a bit wider, still talking to women farmers and also other women playing a variety of roles in organic food and farming, from agency women, authors, and activists to entrepreneurs. Typically, you'll hear a series of interviews with the same woman over two months, with a new episode released every other Friday through the winter. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Join us as Allie Burlow shares how the strategy of diversification can grow both the financial outlook for our business and also give us multiple platforms for education and outreach. Here's a tip. Identify what keeps you grounded and make sure to do that for both balance and inspiration. Allie Burlow is a writer, host of the weekly Local Food Report produced by Atlantic Public Media, co-publisher of Edible Vineyard, and author of The Food Activist's Handbook at the Mobile Poultry Slaughterhouse. Thanks, Allie. Burlow, for talking with us today about well, all the different hats you wear mm-hmm. in working towards a good food system, but it's really inspiring how all those hats fit together for you. And it's something I think particularly women need ideas on because especially for someone like me who was raised in a family where my parents had jobs, you know, and they, they got paychecks and they might not have really liked them, but it's what you do. And maybe on the weekend you do what you want to do. And that's not new. That's our society, right? But right. to be a successful, both farmer and food activist, you really need to, like you have successfully, think entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. right? Right. So can you tell us, like right now you have a lot of different hats that you mm-hmm. wear, but they also earn income, right? Add up to your livelihood. Yep, yep. definitely. I mean, they're, they're so... Right now, my, my, how do I say it? I'm working in magazines. I have a couple books out. I'm working in radio. Uh, the, the common theme of that, of course, is writing. All of that is. So I, I find that I, 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 I like each form, format for different reasons. And ultimately, though, I try to be the best writer that I am uh, for, to, for whatever format that is. They're all very different. Um, but they feed each other, you know, in my in my own creative endeavors as well as in my pocketbook. Um, I also feel that in order for me to do that, I have to keep my feet on the ground. I have to stay. I love cooking. I have to stay connected to my kitchen. I have to stay connected to my community. And uh, right now my community is in three places, in Massachusetts, Vermont, and in Wisconsin. And so, you know, I work wherever I am. I, I try to stay, you know, find my my tribe, I think mm-hmm. is the way we said, it, you know. Um, so those things feed into each other. I also feel, uh, and if I'm speaking to women farmers trying to tell their story and the different things that they could do on their farms, is what is what else does keep you grounded? You know, I mean, 
literally, right? There's the work of the farm. But then maybe it is attending a conference like the Women Farm Food and Agriculture Network Conference or MOSES. Or maybe it's going to a completely different conference, you know, League of Women Voters. Those could be your oh, people. Yeah. You know, um, they have a lot of interleague organizations that work on agriculture, environment and policy, you know, voter registration, things like that. So maybe there's a there's a way to see it through that lens that also connects you to different coalitions and collaborations, uh, but with a kindred spirit in mind. Um, so those are the kinds of things I think of to, to inspire you yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I think really look at, at, for innovations in terms of how to make income around what you're doing. You're an agricultural entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. When you're a farmer, you know, so what does that mean and how, and where, how can you attract either people to your farm or to your economy, essentially, or, to, or the, the goods that you have for sale. Um, and that could be intellectual goods. You know, maybe you, you're a great photographer. Maybe you're a great storyteller. Maybe it's art. You know, maybe there's mm -hmm. different things. Maybe it's policy. Maybe you can get yourself out there as a speaker on different policies, policy level, you know, uh, conferences and talks and things like that. But I wouldn't, don't, wouldn't diminish, I mean, all the things that a farmer has to do <laughs> you know, to, you know, from climate to finances, to policy, to going to market, you know, offering your expertise and maybe one piece of that, maybe it's talking to immigrant groups and doing beginning farmer trainings because you're great at navigating the farmer market system, you know, farmer's market oh, yeah, system, yeah. you know, like there's, there's ways to both share your information as well as look at yourself as that expert, you know. And it's all part of your business. Right. That's where sometimes it's easy, especially to if you, like me, having grown up in an entrepreneurial family, even the, all the things you mentioned, you know, going to the League of Women Voters, your miles going there or your lunch on the way or your registration fee are all part of your business expense. You're, you document it, right? You, exactly. You keep that log, you talk about who you met, et cetera. But that's a big mental shift for a lot of people mm -hmm. in that a they're connected and b they can help support each other in a sustainable livelihood we can talk about right sustainability all we want but if we're not financially sustainable right that and the writing i think too for both of us is a good means to uh have that business support mm -hmm. because especially if you're doing a farmer is doing writing in any capacity related to their business, you're developing right. recipes for your CSA newsletter, you're doing a blog post, mm -hmm. you visit some farms and do some tours in the off season right. and write about them and learn from them. Writing is a really good way because you're producing something mm -hmm. and just, I'm, I was not an accountant in a former life, but I know enough to know that, you know, yeah, the IRS needs documentation on right. what you do and right. can't direct how you run your farm or why did you go to this conference versus that conference is right. really not what things get into. It's just fair and reasonable expenses and yep. having documentation of that. So right. that's always an eye opener, I think, for farmers. It's like, you mean if I go visit another farm and and it's fun and I, whatever, it's in a warmer climate when it's cold back home. Yeah. Yeah. That part of what you're doing most definitely right. is. Or if you then take me, I would imagine if you take your skills um, and go down to Puerto Rico and help rebuild That's farming a there. Great idea. You know, an amazing no, yeah, yeah. experience. You know, that would be as well as 
part of what you were describing. And I think, but yeah, having that entrepreneur, that super entrepreneurial organized bookkeeping thing, we could, I know I could do better as well, but then passing that information on to the next generations of farmers, you know, maybe that's not your strength now, but then like, if you're saying, oh, there's my daughter, there's the next new, you know, young woman farmer, let me make sure she doesn't make mis- the mis- the mistakes that I did, sure, <laughs> you, know, sure. you know, mistakes are great things to share. Like, I don't, I don't think, you know, I'm happy to tell you all the things I did wrong. <laughs> you know, but that I think is our strength, particularly as a yeah. community of women committed yeah. to the good food movement is we do that. Yeah. And it's very different, it seems, than other communities too, or other cultures or other corporate cultures. Yeah. Or it, We're very unique. And I think sometimes, I know I take that for granted because uh, we are so collaborative and supportive, but we need to be proactive on that front too mm-hmm. and yeah. share the highs and the lows, Absolutely. especially the lows and the learnings or the what yeah. would I have done differently right. kind of questions. But again, that whole growth process is part of one's business mm-hmm. again. And uh, it, it's a great means to incorporate even more of the activism side. Yeah. Now, granted, I mean, it's all a numbers game, right? And one right. needs to be earning income to have something to write off expenses too, but it does make things more fiscally solvent in the end definitely most definitely and like what you said before that if you know we're talking about sustainability having a livelihood <laughs> is it is it part of the sustainability your right. own livelihood. right and to that note uh, of encouraging farmers to think about that more of a gig economy in the mm-hmm. sense of farming can be one thing that you do i mean i'm like that where i love the farming side but i both love other things as well (laughs) and they they balance each other so for us you know between the bed and breakfast and doing writing and doing nonprofit work etc right it all for me adds up into a creatively cross-pollinated livelihood that can be more fiscally solid too or things balance each other or you know years come and go right i mean how many times now i find uh particularly well just because I've heard about it a lot in Vermont, there's so many people that want that rural experience. And so Airbnb in rural communities, as far as I can tell, that's a trend that's coming up. And oh, you might, it's a game changer. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that might be something in a whole different way, I mean, of agritourism, right? As sure. well as income of here's a really soft way to make to, to, to show somebody what you're doing in, in terms of education, as well as make a little bit of money. Uh, if that's what you're up for, sure. you know, and then you have true. a whole other stream of potential expenses. I right. say that you know, for the right. bed and breakfast, it's you need to upgrade your bedroom you rent out. You need to right. do maintenance or things that, again, need to be tracked and documented. I keep yeah. going back on that, but it uh, it's a way to make it much more fiscally solvent and. Those are yeah. such good points. I mean, that is, I didn't even think of that, like in your bed and breakfast. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, I clearly remember way back when we literally measured the square footage. And in this case, our two bedrooms that we use exclusively for the B&B and our home office were 29% of our square footage. And if we rented that square footage in town, which I legitimately could, right? Why couldn't I have an office or whatever? What would that be? That's very easy to document. And then... That is rental income that our corporation pays 
Lisa and John, which is taxed at a different rate. It's, it's I mean, I, and these are things I learned slowly with help from accountants and other resources. But it's it's a mind shift, right? To not be thinking about what do I need to do to make money, but what do I want to do, and how can it be part of my business plan? Yeah, and farming yeah. and food work has such potential around mm-hmm. that. Uh, we love to eat. Well, what's a way to incorporate your recipes into part of the business, right? A cookbook, do you know? That's a very valid thing. But I even keep going back to farmers doing blog posts of recipes. Yeah, your ingredients, you're not growing everything, the sugar, the flour, the things that you buy could be part of that too. It's just a a mind shift like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. And things cross-pollinate. And then too, Mm -hmm. like you have really done, you have a little bit more roomed experiment, and try new things, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think, like I said, I, I do want to be able to tell the, the not the not the same old, quote, old local food story. Like, I'm looking constantly for different stories of food system work. But, I mean, food systems without using the word food systems. So, you know, wanting to, to frame those stories through resiliency, through access, through social justice through fair food programs through things like that yeah um which is important to me as a storyteller so maybe also just getting back to the point of uh telling your story as a woman farmer maybe do a little research on the writer that's coming to you oh interesting yeah which we can do nowadays right absolutely (laughs) google's an amazing thing yeah (laughs) yeah you know but just to be aware of who you're talking to Mm -hmm. i mean it uh it definitely it harkens back to what you said, doing your homework and kind of just a different mindset. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just you under this, quote, microscope. You can also find out about the person coming to your farm to tell your story. Yeah. So. Yeah. And to give other contacts and ideas. I mean, with me and the work I do with women farmers, if ever I'm talking to a writer, a reporter about anything, it's like, do you need more women farmers? <laughs> you know, just call me, really. You know, tell me what you need. I can... Right. find it for exactly. you or I can find someone who can find it for you right and as that's a role we can really play to help support the media absolutely because it's all good do you mm-hmm. know and it's all fully right. legitimate and it's a collaboration but we know other people who would make great stories particularly yeah. other women yeah that we can champion right. and uh help connect with right and, and broker that a little bit too even it's it's the little things like is you know with writing it's it's getting a hold of people right yeah, you know and yeah. if i refer somebody to a farmer friend down the road i'll let them know and i know that this person texts them you know or right. they email or they this or they just to give it a heads up so it's all good yeah uh and yeah. it's all moving forward that that goes a long way it definitely goes a long way and also it would just occurred to me when you said that our our local newsletters you know whether they're school newsletters houses of worship I always go back to libraries. I love libraries. Um, yeah. You know, um, I would imagine youth groups, uh, athletic departments. Like if there's a way to talk about that local beef that's in the football booster club for the Friday night game, like maybe there's a way to say that, you know, to talk about that story that maybe the farmer donated all that ground beef, you know, for that. So there's just different ways to look who's who's the end consumer, Where where's your product going as a farmer, and how to utilize even this. I mean, I love going over um, 
bulletin boards outside of general stores and community <laughs> centers and seeing what's going on there, putting up your poster there if it's a CSA or a community meeting. Uh, local newspapers are great. Local newsletters. Terrific. So there's a lot of different ways. Well, keep at it. All right. Terrific. Thank you, Allie. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.